Got the countdown coming in. Going live. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, que lo que? Welcome to Bronx Girl at Heart, a space where we explore harsh truths about growing up in our 20s and show love to our past while looking towards our future. My name is Bronx Girl at Heart, a.k.a. Alanis. Thank you for coming, everyone. This is episode one of the podcast. My name is Alanis, as I said before, or you guys can call me Bronx Girl at Heart. I chose to start this podcast because I'm a girl from the Bronx, and I really wanted representation for girls like me that come from where I come from. So it's like, why not start it? A little bit about myself before we get into the first episode. I was raised in the Bronx, New York, in an area called Marble Hill, and I was also partially raised in Brooklyn in an area called Mill Basin, if anyone knows where that is. But really, I I think me going back to the Bronx with the title of this podcast and my name is just me showing love to my roots in a time where I really want to feel grounded because I'm a girl in my 20s, lost in this world, just like many of us. So I hope that this podcast can be a safe space where we can explore those half truths together and learn from one another. There's also someone to the left of me that's very special to this podcast who I'd like to introduce before we continue. And his name is LR. So. Hello, hello. Hi, LR. What's up? How are you, how are you doing? <laughs> um, this is so awkward, but I want you to introduce yourself to everybody and just let us know what your role is in this podcast. What borough are you from? A little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is LR. Um, I'm not from the Bronx. I'm from Brooklyn. Um, I will be co-producing this podcast, Bronx Girl at Heart. Um, a little bit about myself. I'm 23. Um, uh, my favorite anime is Mob Psycho 100. Um, please don't kill me if you hate that anime. Um, and, uh, I like to watch mukbangs on my free time and I'll never eat. Like I'll probably eat like some fruits while I'm, I don't know if I'm oversharing, but yeah, that's like my favorite thing to do <laughs> on my pastime. Yeah. Okay. Mukbangs. I like to watch those too, but I always get very hungry. So I need to stop. I watching. never get hungry. Watch Be Love Be Loves Be Loves Life. Yeah, she be like going into the seafood boils. I'm all going off track, but yeah, that's like <laughs> <laughs> okay. her hands no. be like all sticky and all. We'll, we'll yeah. get to that. Maybe yeah. we'll maybe we'll film a mukbang episode. I don't know if they do mukbang podca- podcast, but we can we can start that, I guess. <laughs> um what I do want to get to, which maybe will give me an opportunity to share some weird things about myself. I'd like you to ask me about four to six mile to out-of-pocket questions, just so I can get a little bit comfortable because, guys, this is my first episode. I am a little bit nervous, and I want you guys to get to know me. So we are starting a segment that I will call Casamigos Confessions. Woo! Let's see what we find out about me. Yeah, let's start. Alara's so, <laughs> going to ask me some questions. I'm scared. Can you mix them up? Like, they could be mild. Or maybe we'll start off mild and then get out of pocket slowly. I'm going to say you'll get what you get. 
And oh, and <laughs> if I don't want to answer the questions, I'm going to take a shot. Today we don't have Casamigos, but we have something else um, that's tequila adjacent. So, all right, get started. All right, so the first question is, what is something risky you've done drunk? Something risky I've done drunk. Well, I'm <laughs> so I can answer this in a speedy amount of time. I'm sure I've done many things risky, but I did make out with a coworker at an, at wow. an office outing. Like, um, I don't know if that's risky. Oh, well, it's kind of risky. Maybe some people saw, but this was like the after hours. And all right, I could tell the story. Um, we were at a company event. And it was like a three-day meeting situation. Actually, I don't I don't need to say too much because I don't want to expose myself and my company. But it was like a three-day meeting situation. And this was the last of our outings. And that night, every single time, like after the full-day meeting, there was always like a company kind of get-together where they would give us a lot of drinks. Like it was all types of liquor, all types of snacks, all types of food. So, but this was like the after hours hangout for like the 30 and below crew. And yeah, we got so drunk. We went to the Lower East Side. We were having so much fun. And yeah, he just, I don't know, he was looking at me. He kept on getting close to me and I was like, oh. But then the next day I found out he had a girlfriend, so. Wow. Yep. Somebody was for the weekend. I mean, I didn't really care about him, to be honest. I was just like, no, but he, I found out he had a girlfriend, but like he, was like messaging me the next day like wanting to continue this the situation oh, i was wow. like i just want to forget about this like you have a girlfriend and he's just like who said that like he forgot he told me. <laughs> who said that that's not funny and i was that's like, crazy that's all right that's what's it called that's like that's trifling yeah that's so weird yeah anyways that was a good question all right so my second question is a little on the calmer side but like you know, growing up in Marble Hill, what was some of your favorite childhood memories? Like, what's your favorite memories from the Bronx? I would say some memories from my childhood when I was growing up. Let me think. Well, I always used to, at a certain point, once I was maybe like 10 or 11, which to some people who live outside of New York City is probably like really young, but my mom would just let me get ready by myself and like head out by myself. I was supposed to be taking like a school bus of some sort but little me I was always late I still sometimes have that issue of being late so I would be late for the bus pickup so I would just I would just walk to school which wasn't too far like maybe like within a 15 minute walk and I would stop at my best friend's house and I would literally have breakfast at her house like her parents would just be there talking to I don't know. I was literally like a part of the family and it was like a secret journey that I would go on every morning because my mom never do never knew about this. So if she's listening right now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. But yeah, she never knew about those like secret before school journeys or even after school journeys. Um, I would just say I was at some after school program, but maybe I would go to like my friend's house and this I mean, this went on like all throughout middle school and high school I was just I don't know I was always doing something and there was also a point like there was one year I'm forgetting which year but maybe like seventh was it like seventh grade or one year that literally like I would say I was at, at an after school program but I was at detention like I was literally at detention every single day guess what I was at detention for 
Where are we at detention for? I really want you to guess because um, you know me. I mean, I feel like the only thing is probably like you being late, but I feel like that's not it. But okay. Like, maybe just like sarcasm. I feel like you have a sarcastic mouth. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Damn, I didn't mean to like, I didn't mean to. Damn, tell me, <laughs> my tell me how you really feel. My fault, my fault, my fault. fault. Um, no, something else that I do. <laughs> a lot. I don't know. All right. I was usually in detention for talking, not going to lie. Oh, just talking? Literally oh. talking. Like the teacher would be instructing the class mm-hmm. as one should. And I would just be having a whole side conversation. And then they had like the whiteboards where <laughs> I don't know if they did this in your school, but um, oh, me and LR went to the same high school, by the way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm talking about before we went to high school. Um, they would have like a tally mark system oh, yeah, on we the had whiteboard yeah. before we would get detention. <laughs> and I don't know what it was about me, but I would see the tallies go up and she would be like, Alanis, you have one more like strike and then you're out. Then you're going to det- then you're going to detention. And I I would always strike out. Mine was pretty similar. My um my lunch teacher, so it was like all of us in the cafeteria, she would like get on a mic mm-hmm. And she'd be like, from the window to the wall to the wall. And then the wall would be like detention, like the detention area. So she would scream it out loud. And if you go to the wall, you're like in detention. And then you have to go to a separate room. And she would do it like in front of the whole, like, I think I was in like fourth, fifth grade, the whole like grade. So everybody would know that you're going to detention. And they would all look at you as you walk to the wall. Oh my gosh, the walk of shame. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't like that a cool thing too, though? Like I remember when some people would get called to the principal's office. It was like, yo, like it was always like something on the walk to the um, office. Maybe for some people, <laughs> I'd get my ass beat if you I go to detention. <laughs> so, you know, I have West Indian parents, so they don't really play that. But you know, for some people, maybe it was fun. I didn't think detention was fun personally. Yeah. I was always able to hide it from my mom, though. I think, I don't know, I would always do something with the phone number. Like, oh, that's smart. I had a phone num- I actually had a phone from very young mm-hmm. because I'm an only child raised primarily by a single mom. So, like, my mom gave me a phone probably, like, I don't even know what age, like, maybe, like, nine or something. Okay. Yeah, same. It was, like, a age. very, like, yeah. it was literally a kid's phone. It was called a Firefly. I know. Yeah, yeah. It was, like... It had four buttons. Okay. It was like emergency contact, 911, mom, dad. <laughs> like, that was it. And, yeah, I would always find, like, I think I would put down that number mm. beforehand so I wouldn't get in trouble. Um, or I would put down, I don't know, some other people's numbers. Like, I would rarely get caught for anything. Hmm. Uh, I was... Opposite, I just <laughs> always got the belt. No, let's not get into that. Wait, oh. I, ha- oh. <laughs> Wait I haven't taken a shot yet. Okay. Oh yeah, you're doing I pretty feel good. Like crazy. Sorry, I feel sorry. Like I, no, I feel like I, I can answer anything to be honest. I didn't want to like. I don't know how crazy you want me to get. Like, I mean, well, yeah. it was too crazy. We can edit it out. Okay. <laughs> we're not. We're not gonna go crazy. I think. I think the next two are pretty like introspective. Okay. So your next question is, how would your childhood self feel about your success or where you're at right now? Oh, that's deep. Oh my gosh. Um, let me think about that. Oh, also, let's play a drinking game with the audience because we tried to address this the last time we 
attempted to record. Mm-hmm. Guys, we got to tell you about this journey to get here with the recording and the podcast process, but we'll get there eventually. However, I really want to control my ums. So every time I say, um, please take a shot. And I've noticed that I say really a lot. And I also say gonna. What's another thing I say a lot? I think those are the top three. I remember we noted that when I was editing the first draft. It was um, really, and gonna. Um, really, and gonna. Yeah. (laughs) I say like a lot also. But I think like is acceptable. I don't think it is. (laughs) Nah. I think you got to take a shot if you say like. Wait, me? No, the audience. Okay. For the audience, every time I say... Well, like, sometimes it could be describing something. It's similar, too. No, (laughs) but I mean, like, oh my gosh. Ah! Filler words. If I use filler words, like, I'm really gonna, like, just take a shot. And let me know. If you guys are drunk by the... If you guys are, like, can't go to work by the next episode then I'm doing something wrong, and I will seriously work on that. But for now, have fun, okay? All right. <laughs> Going back to the question. Thing? Yes, go back to the question. Yes, <laughs> how would your childhood self feel about how where you are right now? Ooh, I was trying to avoid that question. I feel that my childhood self would... I think I'm in general alignment with the things that I wanted to do. I think I steered away from it a little bit by choosing a safer route. I've always wanted to be kind of like run my own business, be, uh, what's the word? I've always wanted to run my own business. Like entrepreneurial? Yeah, be more entrepreneur. Say that again? Entrepreneurial. (laughs) Entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I've always wanted to just be more of a leader. Mm Mm-hmm. Within the entertainment and media space. And I think I'm doing that now with this podcast. This is one of my first attempts. But I do believe that my childhood self would have thought, like, I would have been, like, Oprah by now. Not Oprah. I had wild dreams. At this age? Maybe not Oprah, but, like, maybe... What was Oprah doing at my age? Like, I don't know. Was she, like, hosting a news... Mm-mm. She was interning at this time. She was interning. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. At I a, know. at like a news, somewhere in Mississippi. I had to do like an essay on her. Okay, yeah. or maybe be at like Tyler Perry level. No, not Tyler Perry. He was, what? I think he was homeless at this time as well. At this time? Yeah. Who, who do I want to be like? Oh, maybe like, maybe like Kiki Palmer. Okay, that's a good one. Even though Kiki's like out of here too, like that's probably unrealistic a little bit. Not unrealistic, but my childhood self had wild dreams for me at this age, is what I'm saying. And I also, when you're younger, I'm 23, guys, by the way. Also, when you're younger, 23, for me, like, I thought in two years I would have, like, two kids and be married and have my own house. I had wild dreams. But now that I'm in my 20s, my 20s feels like my teens. Yeah, yeah, same. I think I'm, I don't know if I'm slow when it comes to developing, <laughs> when it comes to my development, but my, when I look back at like my teen years and my high school, my high school experience, I was so lost and confused and most of it just feels like a blur. I think I just now got a handle of myself, 
like I think now I'm more aware and I'm more grounded like okay this is life and these are the steps you have to take mm-hmm. in my teen years I was it was a I lot. feel like high school was like confidence and delusion like we were just very confident but like and delusion but like also very insecure at the same time it's like a weird paradox i don't know how to really explain it but it was, explain that please it's kind of like like we were very I, i'm speaking for the both of us we were very like involved in different things and very like proactive but like we also went to a shitty high school so it was kind of like the shittiest high school yeah. i don't even want to name the high school but <laughs> it was like senior year like it was fights every day you talk about just seniors every year we every had a year no but senior year like it got crazy yeah there was a stab we had a stabbing graduation. at a graduation yeah i mean like that's like really scary that's to think like about really it scary. But yeah, I remember, wait, I didn't mean to laugh at the stabbing. No, no, no. I mean, like, it's topic. a crazy thing what it's happened. Just a crazy thing like, that happened. I was like, yo, y'all can't even act right for the graduation. Yeah, I mean, we went out on a bang, but I'm holding it in. But <laughs> yeah, it was that was a very interesting thing to happen. Yeah. But yeah, um, but your 20s are just weird in general because we have friends from high school that are pregnant now. What? We're pregnant then. I've been kids. We're pregnant too early. Yeah. And I don't think too early. I'm talking about the teen one. What do you mean? Oh, in high school they were pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought you meant like friends now who have children. Yeah, now it's fine. But then there's still some people that are like, yo, that's teen pregnancy. Like, yeah, pregnancy yeah. at your early 20s. We had someone pregnant in our freshman year. Mm. Remember? Um, oh, I, I don't want to say her name. But like, oh, remember her? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, if you haven't moved out of your home, is it teen pregnancy? If you haven't moved out of your parents' home, I don't think so. Okay, that's a that's a good question. My mom was pregnant with me, and she lived with um, she lived with my grandmother, so it wasn't teen pregnancy. Same with my mom and my older sister. My my parents had my older sister when they were still living with my grandma. But throughout the during the pregnancy, she moved out. She moved out when my sister turned one. Oh. And they were going from apartment to apartment, and then they got to the house when I was born. You see, my mom moved out when she was pregnant with me. Oh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> I think yeah. we have one more question. <laughs> All right. Well, the last question is the probably the craziest question. It's not crazy, but it's like, it's a lot to think about. Because, I mean, even writing it, I was like, and it's only three words. Oh, know? three words? Yeah, it's only a three-word question. Did I even fully answer the last question? Yo, I, I, think I drank you did. a little bit before we started this podcast. I haven't drank yet. I'm, 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 I'm a lightweight, so I have no idea if I answered the question. I, I think you did. I think I did. Okay. Well, we could do like a little summary. Like, how, how did your childhood self feel about you? Like, you think... My you, said they, you said they were proud, right? My childhood self would be like, okay, but go harder. Yeah. That's what she'll say. That's yeah. a nice, you know, synopsis statement. I don't know if that's the right word, but you yeah, know. that's what she said. All right, last question is: <laughs> Are you happy? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I would think mild to out of pocket, and then you made it like introspective. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know what's going on. I'm a Pisces, y'all, so I'm very emo. So this is kind of up my alley. But I was hoping to be like toxic. Oh, okay. I can ask one more after this <laughs> no. toxic one. All right, we'll right. Get, maybe we'll get progressively toxic. I mean, we, when we get to the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or the, the further into the podcast episode, we could get toxic. Okay. So, am I happy? I am... 
content. I think I have a very unrealistic view of what happiness is, to be honest. Even when I described my childhood self and my goals for myself at like 23, 24, 25, I'm very unrealistic. So in terms of happiness, happiness, I think I imagine it like pure bliss, like the movies, like just like, ah, nothing can bother me. But happiness is really just, it's a mood, right? It's just a momentary thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I can say I'm a happy person, to be honest. To give a direct answer for once in this podcast, I don't know if I can say I'm a happy person. I think my natural uh, temperament is like a little bit, what's it called? Like look at the glass half empty instead of half full. So a pessimist? Yes, I'm Mm -hmm. a pessimist, but I try very, very, very hard to be an optimist to the point where it's like crazy the things I have to say to myself. Like, no, it's fine. Like, look at the bright side. I have to like tell myself like all these Dr. Seuss quotes every day to just get myself to look at things as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's something I've been trying to do lately is even in a failure or even in a last minute change, which usually gives me a lot of anxiety and makes me upset and frustrated, I've learned to reformulate my thoughts and look at it like, what's the opportunity in this? Now, obviously, easier said than done, but I think once you have those like those thoughts and those mantras, you can always go back to it and be like, okay, maybe there's an opportunity here. Maybe there's another way to look at things. So yes, to answer your question, I wouldn't say I'm a happy person. I guess I'm trying to figure out what happiness is for me because I know it's different for other people. And I do think social media has messed me up and it has messed up a lot of people in our generation because There's a way that happiness looks on Instagram, but like, what is real happiness? Mm -hmm. That's that's the question. And I feel like I'm probably going to be searching for that answer for the longest. A part of me does hope that when I have like kids in the future that I'll find that answer. But who knows? (laughs) Who knows if kids could fix that? Uh, I mean, that's probably like a question we could ask our parents. Do they even know what happiness is? I don't know. And I feel like I... Honestly, again, back to my emo Pisces self, I think if like when I was younger, I used to get sad about it. I used to be like, are my parents happy? Like I used to think about it and like really be sad about it. And I was way too young to even like even know what that really meant. But I used to wonder, like, are they happy? Like, do they feel fulfilled? Because they're way older than me. Like, do they feel like fulfilled with what they did in this life? Because that's always been something really important to me. Like leaving this life feeling like I almost accomplished like everything I wanted to be accomplished. And like, I never want to feel like, oh, I should have done that. So that's why sometimes I freak myself out and I'm like, your time is running out, your time is running out. Cause I'm like, you're not where you want to be. But happiness is something that's, I think a journey that something that I've always been chasing. I think it's been, I had the wrong view of what happiness was at one point so i'm trying to shift it now okay well those are all of my thank you those are all of my questions that i have for you as you can tell i i don't think i gave a straight answer to anything no i feel like (laughs) (laughs) i mean you are a pisces no no what is wait what does that mean do i i know what you think about pisces 
sometimes. I don't know about in this statement. Like, do Pisces always give the runaround? Yeah. They do. Yeah. <laughs> they do? Yeah. Why? Why do we do that? I don't know. That's a question you have to ask yourself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If there's any Pisces listening, please explain that. Like, why do we always give the runaround? Why can't we give a straight answer? I think we see multiple perspectives in everything. It's a layer thing, We see right? layers. Yeah, yeah. We see nuance. That's annoying. You got, you got to get to the point. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Moving on, guys. Thank all you right. for staying for all of Casamigos Confessions. I did not take one shot, but I still managed to sound like I was drunk. I love that for me. We are moving on to a sound off segment, and it's about moving out of your parents' home. To me, it's... A very pressing topic for most of the people that I know in our 20s. A lot of us are starting to move out, are starting to look for apartments. And I have so many things to talk about when it comes to this. For one, because of the cultural components that tend to play into this. I was recently on vacation in Orlando with my stepmom and my dad and my brothers and sisters. And a lot of the time, when I was with my dad, my dad was really pushing for this idea of home ownership. So to him, his plan for me is for me to stay home for the next, I don't even know, probably the next six years and just stay home, save money so I can put a down payment on a home and own my home and that's happily ever after. I love that idea in theory. The only thing for that the only thing with that for me is that I don't know where I want to live <laughs> in the next three to five years. I don't even know what I, I struggle with figuring out what I want to eat that day. So figuring out where I want to live, where I want to put down my roots, like, do I want a condo? Do I want a house? Do I want a co-op? Like these things stress me out. I'm super indecisive. So one day, literally yesterday, I would be like, I'm going to save up money. That's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to get a mortgage and I'm going to do a condo. And then I'm like, that down payment sounds crazy. Maybe we can do a co-op. And then they're like, you need at least 70000 in your savings. And I'm like, that is insane. I should have been saving from the age of two. So I go back and forth with the idea of home ownership, but then also renting. Renting is something that's obviously quick and accessible, but if you are living in New York City or trying to move into New York City, rent is crazy. Like, if you don't have a rent-stabilized apartment or rent-controlled apartment, it is just, it's ridiculous. Like, a one-bedroom nowadays, like, even if you're anywhere, even if you're not in Manhattan, like, anywhere close to Manhattan, it's going to run you at least like $1,800. And then maybe you can find, maybe you can find something a little cheaper in a building where someone has lived there, I don't know, probably for the last 20 years, but you'll never get everything you want. Like if it's on the right floor, then it doesn't have, it doesn't have a laundry. It doesn't have an elevator. Like you search it up and there was like a recent crazy fire in the building or like some crazy case that you're like I can't live there anymore you just always have to compromise when it comes to renting in New York City and that's been one of my struggles when it comes to even thinking about moving out also culturally 
a lot of us, I'm Dominican, by the way, a lot of us Hispanic people, Dominicans, our parents are okay with us chilling in the house till we're like 28, 29, 30, like till we're able to like pop out some babies or whatever. But I'm just such an independent person. I was raised as an only child. Um, I do have siblings on my dad's side, but I was primarily raised by myself with my mom, but my mom was gone for work a lot. So it was a lot of times that I had to be self-sufficient, self, just responsible for myself. But at the same time, I always felt like I wanted that guidance. Like I wanted like an older sister or I wanted someone to just guide me and show me the way through life. And not having that has made moments like this so confusing because I feel like I have to guide myself or almost follow other people, like look at what people are doing on Instagram or whatever and use that as a gauge for where I should go next. So like if I see my friends moving out or if I see my friends buying a house, I'm like, oh, that puts the fire under my ass. Like maybe I should do that too. But also just my personal reasons, I do feel like my mom and I's relationship would just improve tremendously with some space. I've learned that as I've gotten a bit older that space like sometimes can heal a lot of things. Like sometimes like the proximity, if you're too close to somebody, too up someone's ass, it's like eventually issues are gonna pop up because that's not normal. Like not everyone's personality is to be dealt with 24 seven or most of your week. I'm a very, I'm a very like, I would say I'm a homebody, I'm an introvert. So I can go, I can go a few weeks, like not seeing any of my friends, not really going out and socializing and I'm perfectly fine. But who do I see all the time at the end of the night? My mother. And for the most part, I love her. I, I love her, obviously. But sometimes, you know, especially when moments aren't ideal, like if she's stressed, I'm stressed, it can be a lot. So I think I just need my own space to kind of regroup and be like, okay, you are a grown woman now. Like, you're not a child. What do we want to do with our life? And I also feel like being responsible for things like rent and my own utilities and just buying things for myself, for the home, like that can probably really humble me. And I think I need to be, I need, right now I'm just like in this imaginary world where I don't really have to pay for many bills and I'm receiving a salary and it's like, that's not real life. I think I need to grow up a little bit and just, just head towards the future that I've always wanted for myself. Um, I don't think I need to rush it if it's not a smart, if it's not a smart time, especially when it comes with th to things like buying a home. Right now, it's just not a buyer's market. It's just terrible right now. So maybe renting it is, or I don't know. I'm I'm still deciding. I'm going back and forth. Who knows? I'm so indecisive. Maybe I will end up staying with my mom for the next five to six years. Just just to wrap that up, I feel like. There are a lot of us out there, probably some of us listening, who feel the same pressures I do. Like, I need to move out, I need to buy a home, I need to do this. But you really have to be one with yourself and decide what do you want to do? Like, not just looking at what your dad tells you or what your friends tell you, what social media tells you. 
create a plan for yourself, which is something I'm doing. Create a five-year plan, create a six-year plan, and decide what is the most logical next step for you so you can keep going. I'm just sick and tired of all these unrealistic expectations. Like, I, I saw someone on Instagram the other day. Apparently, she won, like, this lawsuit when she was younger, um, and she went to my college, and she has, like, two houses. And I'm just like, what? How do you have two houses? But obviously, her experiences with a lawsuit and different things that she went through led her down that path. But back to what we were saying earlier about happiness, like, that doesn't necessarily equate to happiness. Everyone's journey is different. Stop comparing yourselves. Like, and I need to stop comparing myself to others. Take your time and everything will fall into place, hopefully. So, yeah, hopefully by the next episode, I'll be able to update you guys on my moving process, where I'm at with that, and maybe there'll be progress. For now, we are going to move on to what you guys really came here for. (laughs) We will talk about failure in our 20s. And for this topic, it can be a little somber, but we're going to be upbeat about it. We're going to have fun with it because failure is just part of the journey. And we brought back our co-producer, LR, for this segment. Hi, LR. What's up? What's up? <laughs> I'm going to open this real quick. Yeah, it's so. fine. We have some tequila water. It's whiskey water. That's yeah. <laughs> oh, whiskey water. I have tequila water. Cool. Let me actually... I'm getting a little parched. Let me have some tequila water. Um, Before we get started, do you have any thoughts on my sound off and, like, my opinions on moving and things like that? Yeah, I think it's extremely relatable. I know when I was living at home um, in my early 20s and I was very um, consumed by the pressures of just living with your parents and I was living in the basement of my parents' crib and... I think very similarly, I was kind of trapped by, like, this whole concept of being, like, a broke nigga and stuff like that. And I think the perception of that kind of triggered me, and I kind of wanted to push myself away from that, even though I feel like there's been many people who have told me I'm not. So I'm trying to... um, so, yeah, just going through that, I, I feel like that whole mental warfare is very relatable. I think a lot of young people our age are very much trying to understand that. And I think also where we at in life and our privileges and um, just like our life journey kind of have some sort of dictation on um, what we kind of want for our next steps and what we're more concerned about and what we're not concerned about. So it's it's a it's a lot to think about, you know. Yeah, and before we continue, like, who put that thought in your head about where you should be and, like, how you said you were, you had this mentality of, like, being a broke guy in your basement? Like, who put that in your head? I think myself. I put that in my head. I wouldn't even say my parents because, like, when I um when I graduated college, like, I was on, like, this manhunt to kind of finding a job really quick because I think um, just seeing how my family... And how, especially within the black community, how they kind of react to, you know, unemployed people and unemployed men, black men specifically, is kind of like a whole, like, 
like a stigma around it. I don't know how to really like get up, like to explain it properly, but um, I think it was kind of like this pressure of like getting everything finished and completed, and also like I I don't do well unemployed personally. Like <laughs> I just don't like I just be bored and um, watching TV or playing video games or whatever, but. Um, I needed to be proactive about kind of like that next step, as you said, um, making my goals happen and kind of like, I feel like that kind of equates for my own happiness or that kind of um, defines my own happiness and, but more of an external, like internal happiness. I don't know. I got to really talk to my therapist about that, but yeah. yeah. Wait, so for you, but for you, like a lot of your joy, I guess, comes from productivity. So maybe it was more... Mm -hmm of a personal thing for you yeah. instead of like not necessarily what other people were saying because you said your parents were supportive of you as you like took time after you graduated to like figure things out. But it, I, I I really didn't take time. Like it wasn't like, like for me taking time is like after you graduating, just like resting, not doing anything. Like nah, I was going from interview to interview. Yeah. I was also like doing like film projects on the side. Like I just wasn't... It just didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I got ADHD, so I can't be like I can't be still. Like it, it drives me insane. So, um, yeah, it just you just have to like it's 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 not like productivity productivity gives me joy, but the fear of being unproductive mo moves me if that makes sense. So it's kind of like an inverse type of. That's a statement. real thing. Yeah. That's a real thing. You are one of those natural workaholics, and I'm sure there's people mm -hmm. who are like that. And yeah, a lot of times when you are a natural born workaholic and you're not, you're not fulfilling, like you're not scratching that itch, it's, it's going to get to you. So yeah. I but get that. And I remember seeing that. The addiction can be also like on the other side, cause you know, in high school, like you, you two as well was like, we was working like multiple internships and jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. Because like, I feel like for me, I was trying to compensate for the fact that we went to a shitty high school. Yes, or like, 100%. And I feel like in life, like, with my productivity, it's always feel like a compensation for something that I'm lacking. Or something that is not deemed acceptable in society, you know? So it's kind of like, okay, I got to do... Kind of like the whole thing, like, for black people, like, you got to work twice as hard to get half the amount. So it's just like... I've kept that, I've been told that very young, so I've kept that mentality throughout everything I do. So I have to, like, maximize my productivity or ma or optimize, like, how I'm working, the efficiency of how I'm working, the, the results I'm getting in order for me to really feel satisfied with um, what I'm doing and, and the progress I'm making. That's some deep shit. And I think for me, I, I don't think I've necessarily been a workaholic but I do have like a, I don't know. I have like this existential crisis like yeah. every other two years or something where it's like, you're not where you want to be. It's just basically like I've had this picture for myself and for my future. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. So it's not necessarily like I want to be a workaholic. It's just more so I don't want to leave this life feeling like I didn't make the most of it. Yeah, that's 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 real shit. Yeah. And maybe it also did come from childhood stuff, to be honest, when you, when you think about it, like I, there was probably, there was a lot of moments where I felt slept on, like just felt like same people didn't. I don't want to get into that, but yeah, that's a whole nother topic. We're not going to get to that. But <laughs> no, I mean, you can, but for me, like 
that would like expose a lot of my family and I don't want to yeah talk about what they have said that's respectable because family family shit is crazy but yeah just to finish off what I was saying like there for me probably like that thing that pushes me to this day is not necessarily because I'm a workaholic because I love being lazy I don't know if you know this about me no same I love well, no, I'm I don't lying. think you love it. <laughs> no, no, I love it. I don't like being lazy. Like I love like staying home, literally being a couch potato, like watching Netflix and stuff. And you know why? I think it's because I overthink. I overthink all the time. So I love turning off my brain and not thinking. That's real. Like I have to do everything in excess. Like it's either I'm thinking too much or I'm not thinking at all. And but I think for me it's it's so it's not that I like to work a lot it's just that I there was a time where I felt slept on where I felt like I never was the one people picked I never was I never was number one I never was the one with the big like I don't know I was never the one people gravitated gravitated to I was always shy so now it's like I got something to prove. Like, it's like, watch me come out on top. Like, you guys were doing this back then. You guys were sleeping on me. Like, oh, maybe you were maybe you were popular in this space. But let's see who really won now. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like my a, Billy a origin story. Comeback, <laughs> comeback kid kind of story arc. Probably. I totally, actually, I want to go back. I, want, I totally capped about, like, no one has ever told me. Like, I feel like when, as the conversation progressed, like, Growing up, it was kind of like, I feel like a lot of people told me I was like slow, stupid, and a failure mm. when I was in elementary and middle school. And I know it's like, it's pretty like not that deep mm. going about it. I mean, unless, you know, you're very big on like child psychology and clinical trauma and all of that. But like kind of the, I, I have a fear of going back to how I felt as a little kid to kind of like, I don't want to inhabit that mentality or space again. So I've been multiplying the hard work that I've been, I don't know how to like phrase it, but like I've been going a lot harder to make sure I don't feel the way I did when I was younger. Cause I was like, I was really called stupid and by some, I don't want to say who, but like by some people like within my family, friends, stuff like that, that, that really, it, it didn't really, like, break me, but it was, like, damn, like, if if you're if I'm someone you love, like, why would you think that was okay to say? But, you know, when you West Indian, I feel like they're so honest, so. They're so honest and blunt. I'm not West Indian. I'm Dominican. Um, so, I mean, Caribbean background. Yeah. And, yeah, like, our cultures, like, they are so blunt, like, like to the point where it's just rude, but to them it's, like, blunt. To them, it's love. To them, it's like, and it's continued. Like, it's generational. It's like, I want, I'm being honest so that I could let you know what you're doing so that you don't do it again. And I think that's reinforced through, like, not only verbal, but like physical too, with the belt, with the chancla, with yeah. um, any type of like physical weapon to kind of enforce discipline to make sure you don't do it again. Because for, um, but for some people, it could also be like, it could also be like for our parents and stuff, be like a trauma response. Cause yeah. when you get out there and you make, maybe like you're a kid now, but when you get out there and make those mistakes as an adult, you can end up in jail. 
mm-hmm. like you could end up with some real serious compromise. Yeah, so like could... our parents end up kind of modeling after like what the greater system has done to them or yeah. to the people that look like them. Yeah, I was just I was just reading um a book and I forgot what the book is called, but it's by James Foreman Jr. and literally talking about like how the um the justice system kind of works for young black boys and um kind of the way even black justices or black like judicial officials are kind of a lot harder within their communities to kind of ensure that especially like topics around marijuana or um just like low criminal offenses how we tend to like go harder just to make sure that you know we don't kind of recycle or circle back on like like we don't regress basically like it's it's kind of like the whole i remember in the book it was like oh um is this what martin luther king would have wanted and i'm just like okay <laughs> like that was crazy um i don't know but we could we could yeah. move on no, to that no that, that's some deep some deep shit yeah. and honestly i'm deep sure i'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now who you helped or made feel seen by even sharing those stories from when you were younger. And I think more people like us, like more black people, more people of color, more Latinos should have these vulnerable conversations, should seek therapy, should look into like analyzing the things that happened in their childhood, which probably still affect us to this day. Yeah. I think that's a great transition into yeah. the big, big topic. Our big topic today, like we, we just finished talking about like, different things that happened to us in our childhood and how people have failed us and how sometimes that put the battery in our back to be where we are today. And now we're going to talk about some failures that we are committing today in uh, in this day that we're committing against ourselves. But like failure is the biggest learning lesson. Like failure is the greatest force towards success and towards anything and I think my biggest setback in life is holding myself back from failing if that makes sense stopping myself from making mistakes it's actually stunted me and that's why I feel like oh my gosh I'm not where I should be that's because for five six years you were being so safe you weren't going out there and trying the things you wanted to try because you didn't want someone to call you out on how bad you were at doing it you didn't want anyone to point out your physical flaws your like your emotional mental like psychological flaws you just wanted everyone to see you as like clean and pristine and doing things perfectly and where has that taken you like you just feel unaccomplished now (laughs) what has that done for you yeah. Is that something you relate to? I think as you said it, I feel like my failure is not that, which is interesting cuz like I feel like that's been my failure all along. Like I feel like I've, I I understand the safe statement cuz I feel like a lot of people um especially people who are going the kind of educational route, they tend to like feel like that's more of the safer route like getting a degree, stuff like that, the loans and all of that. Um, but I've, I've, I feel like I've just, I feel like that was initially me. I feel like this year or last year was kind of like the year I've started to not play it as safe or realize I've never played it safe. Like I've always kind of gone without the, with beyond the boundary of kind of doing things. But I think my biggest failure is like 
tending to my mental health. I feel like that's like the biggest thing. And I feel like that kind of, um, what's the word? Sprinkles across so many of the things that I, like you said, like playing it safe. Like I feel like my mental health is the biggest failure I've had in my life. Can you expand on that? Like, I just feel like I never... I only ask because I know you as one of the few people in my life who actually goes to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to therapy, too. Uh, but a lot of people don't do that in our generation. It just seems like kind of like a luxury or like a like an extra thing. That I mean, it is a luxury in a sense. It is a luxury. Yeah. But like I, I meant it in the sense like it seems more not a lux. Yeah, like a like a vanity. Like people feel like it's not something worth like investing into. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that can be saved for later. But you do that. Yeah, I I I say. Therapy is more, yeah, I agree. I feel like when it comes to failure, when I mean my mental health, I just, like, mean, like, how I talk to about myself, how I talk to myself, um, kind of, like, how I present myself to the world, how I describe myself to people. Like, I just, I don't really, I tend to see myself very much inferior to a lot of people and a lot of things. Mm -hmm. That's just how I walk around in life. Um, and I feel like that's, like, a crazy thing to say mm. in a sense, like, just to say out loud. But, like, that's just how I have always felt. Like, that's just how I am. Like, I just... And then it's so... And I don't take compliments very well. I don't think, like, I'm... It's weird because I feel like by the way it looks... And I was speaking to my mom. Like, she was like, oh, my gosh, you're such a success. And I feel like I've done a lot to kind of ensure that I'm successful in the things I do, but I feel like internally I'm a fucking mess. Your mom said you're such a success. Yeah, which was like That's sweet of her. Yeah, very much. You are um, a success, but usually you don't hear parents saying saying things like that to their kids. Yeah, well I feel like Yeah, that is true. And I, I've I, and that's why I feel very privileged for that because like you said, like not a lot of parents kind of, especially like in the West Indian community. Mm-hmm. That's not something you very much hear or within right. the African like, diaspora. You don't really hear proud of you. Yeah. You're doing the right thing. You're yeah. doing a good job. Uh, you don't really hear I love you. Like those things you don't hear. Pretty much, yeah. Um, But you've been blessed to hear some of those things. So I think it would be interesting for our listeners to see how even someone who gets that reinforcement from their family can still struggle with mental health? Well, it's that reinforcement comes later in life. So I still have to rectify or salvage some type of towards my younger self. And I feel like I'm still a kid in my head. I'm still eight or nine and I need to grow up. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's why I'm failing myself because I'm preventing myself from growing up the way I need to grow up. I need to just like be a man about things, you know. So I relate so I to that. I relate to that. I, I wouldn't say be a man because you de- should definitely give yourself grace. But like I was saying earlier, that's why it's so important to address like that childhood trauma because it can stunt your growth. Like, how are you yeah. supposed to move forward if you're carrying around so much baggage right, from right. the past? I wondered, like, what's your definition of failure? Where do you feel like you failed at? I mean, I know you said play to safe, but, like, kind of expanding more on that. I failed at, yeah, I feel like what I was saying, it was a weird thing. It was, like, I failed at letting myself fail. I failed at not 
like not taking enough chances, not taking risks. Um, I feel like I should make, you know, make a move towards doing more things that make me uncomfortable because I've always been a creative person. So I feel like I shouldn't try, like try signing up for like the improv group, try, I don't know, just more creative things that I feel like if I was like a little kid telling myself that I had these interests, I would like, well, sign up for this, sign up for this, sign up for that, like go for it. But now, whenever you're older, you're more self-conscious of, like, what other people may think of you. Yeah. And messing up, to me, is, like, very scary. Probably because I felt like I was always, like, uh, I was always just, I don't know, criticized as a kid. Like, everything felt so loud. So now, as I'm older, I always do this thing where I'm, like, quote-unquote, like, trying to protect my peace, trying to stay safe. But that has, it, it kind of hurts me in a sense. I feel like protecting your peace, but protecting your peace is one thing, but you should always, um, I guess, honor yourself and like believe the truth you know about yourself instead of believing other people's truths. Like, so what if I get in front of, so what if I get in front of a crowd and they tell me like, you suck or you're bad or you're ugly like, what does that have to do with me? I, I have to create my own truth and my own standard and my own values for what I believe about myself. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like culturally, like, your cultural background had an uh, influence in how you shape what failure meant to you or how you feel like you failed in life? And do you feel like, I mean, speaking more so towards, like, your mom, like, her perception of you, do you feel like you're a failure in her eyes? Do I feel like... You and these questions, man. <laughs> no, I, I don't feel like I'm a failure in my mom's eyes. I think she... I don't know what my mom thinks, to be honest. I really don't know. I don't think I'm a failure in her eyes. I think she thinks I'm, I'm doing good, and um, I'm not going to reveal my job here because, you know, I don't want... I don't want any of you guys going back to my boss or anything, any of you listeners, but I think she feels like my job is okay. Like, it's it's good. It's a, it's along the lines of what I've always wanted to do. It's along the lines of what I've always wanted to do, sorry. And, yeah, I think she thinks I'm okay. But a part of me, because my mom is so, like, she's very, what is it, like, hard to impress. I don't know. She's a tourist. Like, she's not going to, like, get up and... I don't know if it's a Taurus thing, but she's not going to, like, get up and scream and be like, oh, my gosh, that's so exciting. Like, such a good job. Oh, my gosh, you're amazing. Um, I feel like I do that. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't know. Maybe you do do that. I don't know if it's a Taurus thing or just the way my mom grew up. But, yeah, like, my mom doesn't give me that of what you said your mom gave me, gave you. And not to make this too much about my mom, but I think I do, like, long for that moment where I, like, maybe floor her or, like, Mm -hmm. really like do something so big that it's like yeah like I did that and something that'll like really make my family champion me because I never I don't know I never did sports I never really did things that they had to like root for me and be like yeah that's my girl I was just always like coasting mm -hmm. <laughs> just just vibing even like my grades, like one year I'll do honor roll, one year I won't. I just always like did like just okay and maybe slightly good, but mm -hmm. never anything crazy to really feel like I had a group of people championing me. 
So it's almost like now it's, it's like I, I really want to get that in within my 20s. I think that's a goal for myself. Like I want to feel like for once I'm on top and like I really did something big that's like worthy of being applauded. Have you ever made someone feel like they're a failure? Do you feel like you've ever had that experience? I think I probably did. Like, I don't think I did it in, like, a big way or intentionally. But, yeah, when you're younger, I feel like you just mirror what people around you do. So even, like, when I would speak to, I don't know, like, maybe my little brother or sister or, like, speak to kids. Like, I don't know. I've been watching, like, a lot of gentle parenting stuff lately. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll watch that content. And then I'm, like... Well, you don't have kids now, but maybe you should start speaking to kids that way for when you do have kids. So just certain things like I would probably copy like what my parents would do. Like, no, why would you do that? Like, look at you making a mess or something like mm. like just copying how I would see the adults in my life treat children. But now I'm like, I just try to choose like a different perspective. I'm like, they're probably going to get yelled at by my mom, by my dad or like my aunts or whatever. It's like, why not? address it a different way like yeah. tell them no this is okay like maybe next time we can do it like this and like actually give them grace and every time i do that like literally every time i treat my brother and sister or any kid like very kindly and show them grace i almost have like an emotional moment like i'm just like oh my gosh imagine no like, seriously imagine if life was like this um but no, yeah yeah i'm like such a person yeah like i don't know how we got to to kids i feel like no i think that's very important to like like identify in terms of just like how one our failures are perceived by our siblings or how we kind of like um how we try to rectify our own perception of failures or how we feel like our parents kind of impose like impose their idea of failures onto us Mm. and then especially with our young like i have a younger sister she's 12 years young i think your sibling is like the same age gap so just like the way we were kind of raised in terms of like our ideas of failures and how it was just a lot more intense and how we kind of are a lot more um protective Mm -hmm. over our younger siblings and then further on when you know we get to the space where we have children you know um we just want to make sure we don't continue that generational trauma because it gets it gets a lot, you know. And I feel like um, we do a lot. We don't want to like like trauma flood our siblings as well. So we try to like us. I feel like in a way, like us holding on, hold, holding in, like our idea of failure is like it's like a. I mean, us, like, holding it in is not a good thing, but I feel like we're also very protective about our concepts of failure. I get what I get what you mean. I don't know if you're getting to this, but, like, because I hold on so... I almost am very connected to my younger self mm-hmm. and, like, in every sense of the way. So because... And a lot of that is because I haven't let go of a yeah. lot of traumas and I still carry that. But then some of it is, like it's kind of good because I remember so like I feel so close to my younger self and I'm looking at my little sister who's the age of my younger self and I'm looking at my little brother it's like actively every single day I'm like no don't say that to the kids don't do that to the kids because I remember how that affected me um yeah but moving on to one question that I wanted to ask you related to failures and just the failures that maybe we're committing to this day is 
what's something that you failed at recently and what did you learn from that experience? I feel like I fail at my job every day. <laughs> I'm not well, going to lie. Just, maybe just one moment. Let's not beat ourselves up, but maybe just like one moment. And honestly, we can use this experience to just, we can use this experience in recalling these moments as like a learning opportunity and just like seeing the, the, the humor in it. Because it's funny sometimes when we mess up, even though in the moment it seems so big and like so like like if it's a crisis. But we're honestly learning like we're in our 20s. That's true. And I think I, I keep forgetting that. But like like at work, I think it was I would probably say like yesterday I was just I don't know what I was doing. Like I had an assignment and like my boss messaged me back like eight times like yo, what the fuck is good? Like, seriously, they're, like, not, like, literally, like, the of course, it's corporate. The words from your corporate. boss were not, what the fuck is good? No, 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 like, no, <laughs> not in verbatim, but, like, I, like, literally, if I had to, like, translate it, it was just, I mean, no, let me not say translate it, but if I had to, like, put it in, sim in like, simpler terms, like, she's, like, like, it got to the point where she had to ask another coworker, you know, so it was just, like, but I truly just did not understand the assignment and... Yeah. Like, but it was like, it was a simple assignment. I mean, it's it sounds redundant to keep saying assignment because I don't want to go into what I do for work. But it was just like, like, come on. Like, it, it felt like an eighth grader could do it in my head. So it was just like, why can't I get it done? But you didn't understand it. That's fair. But it's like, it was an easy thing to do. A lot of this. Like, okay. It was so, just. All right. So now that we're reflecting on it, like, what's something that you learned from that? Um... Don't do it again. I feel like there's other failures. I don't know. What failures have you... No, that's the failure. I, I feel like I have another... Before I get to mine. Oh, wait. No, no. I, I feel like I have another failure. Another failure. You can think of another one or we can stick to that one. Like, you got an assignment from your, from your boss. Yeah. And for some reason, you weren't able to fulfill it in time because you felt like it was... You were confused by it. But... You didn't tell your boss that you were confused. You just I didn't. And I think that's the thing. I don't I'm not proactive about communication. Like I would just be like, Yeah, I'll get it done. And then I'll be like confused to myself. So and I will that never be the lesson in it? Just to be no, and we have to do um tomorrow we have we have like a um like check ins, like you know, like a Q Q one, Q two, Q three, Q four, you know, I, I don't know what those are pretty much called you have like a check-in with your boss yeah yeah for each part of the year and yeah so i know that's gonna be like the topic of conversation she's gonna be like you dumb bitch but you know she's I, not gonna say that that's what i'm saying i mean she's not literally gonna say it but like she's gonna she's gonna really like flame me i'm not gonna hold you i feel like the only thing me thinking about like your boss's position the only thing that i feel like she would be upset about is that you didn't communicate it yeah, probably. So do you feel like that's the lesson in that? Or are you still... But that's the thing, like, when it comes to failure, it's never... This is kind of, like, my main thing. When it comes to failure, it's more of a me thing. Like, I never would let anyone get the blame or communicate the blame to anyone or communicate my internal failures with anyone else. I mean, besides now in this podcast, but, like, I'm just, like, a very, like, I'm going to handle it. This is... What is it called? Like... I'm going to have, like, an internal HR meeting. We're going to get it fixed. I'm going to um, 
talk to myself. We're going to have a little internal meeting and we're going to just like QC and get it done. And that's like how I am internally. All right. So since we're here, let's have the internal HR meeting. Okay. What is LR going to tell himself about this situation and how to prevent it for the future or how not to prevent it? Like, what are you going to tell yourself about it? Honestly, if I'm going to be honest, because I'm very, like like you said, I don't give myself grace. I'm going to just be like, stop fucking up, you fuck up, and get it the fuck together. And that's literally what I'm going to say to myself. And that's the meeting, you know? That will be in the, the agenda notes, and that's how I will proceed for the next meeting. Okay, can can I can I be tapped into the HR meeting? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you sounded hesitant. Well... Because I'm not going to really accept it, oh. if I'm going to be honest with you. Not not like out of disrespect to you, but it's just like, it's for everyone. Like, it's just hard when it comes to conversations around that. Like, in terms of how I feel about myself and how I view myself. Like, that's like a hard wall for me. Yeah. But my thing isn't about you. It's about the situation. I just think in the future, or anyone who's listening, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with not understanding something. I think where you can be proactive about it is communicate that you don't understand something. And maybe, you know, as an adult, part of, like, adulting is, like, figuring yourself out. Like, I don't really understand the way you're communicating this to me. Can you send me a video? Can you put it in writing? Like, can we have a separate chat about this? Like, literally, like, know your own learning style. Advocate for yourself because it's, like, it at the end of the day, what makes someone look bad is just, like, the final product that they put out there. Mm -hmm. And if you're not delivering the product or, you know, um, that's what can make you look bad. But for asking questions and for being like, I don't understand this the way you said it. Like, I'm going to need a recording or else I'm not going to be able to fulfill this in the way you wanted me to fulfill it. And for my own pride, like, I want to do a good job. Yeah. You want me to do a good job. So this is the way I learn things. And um, I think that's it's definitely easier said than done. But I think especially with the field that we're in, we're in media a lot. And especially just the last two years that we've had, like with the pandemic, the last two to three years at this point, and us working virtual for a lot of the time and then sometimes in the office, like there's a learning curve for everybody. So I think a lot of people are willing to give you or I or anyone grace when it comes to not understanding things and when it comes to communication issues. But at the end of the day, the job needs to get done. So I think it's up to us and like the people listening in general to advocate for ourselves whenever just just because advocating for ourselves helps us at the end of the day. Yeah. We look better when we say the things that we're lacking, the things that we need help in. Um, we look better because then we're able to address it and actually actually represent represent ourselves the way we want to be represented. Facts. Yeah, so that that was your, I guess, quote-unquote failure recently. Um, I mean, I, I got a Rolodex, but we don't got to get into that. You want to share another one? You could, you could share another one, and then I can share. Um, I feel like this is not to be funny, but I feel like 
the first draft of the podcast was a failure for me. <laughs> it was a failure for me too. Okay, so I can get into that. Okay. We yes. Okay. Continue. Yeah, like it was because I think this is like not the only thing I'm producing as well. So I was trying to be, you know, I you know, I'm gonna be applying for grad school soon. So I wanted to have like a list of things to kind of show like a like a um what's it called? Like a uh portfolio and not only and to be multimedia with it as well so before you continue just to give yeah. context to our listeners oh this is our second time recording episode one. well third time <laughs> if we can be honest yeah episode one of bronx girl at heart and the first episode yes of bronx yeah. girl at heart and that is for multiple reasons yeah but, yeah i'll let lr tell his side of things yeah so um with editing the first episode there was just like mistakes that were made like in terms of tracking the audio in terms of um editing it to make it sound seamless in terms of music licensing like it was just a lot of things that I feel like I didn't take the time to kind of learn and I I think I went th went into it with a lot of pride with my degree background so I was just like okay I know the what software I mean my degree's in film um, but this is like, this is audio. So it's like a whole different kind of world and hemisphere, but it's pretty adjacent, you know, with the Adobe software. But, um, yeah, I was just like, I can't, I don't know what I'm doing. And it felt like, it was like a damn, like, how did you not get this completed or how are you not getting this right? You know, cause we sent like eight drafts of the second episode and it was just like, come on, like, what are you doing? And I, I think it kind of impacted like how i viewed myself as a producer um with my sister as well because i'm producing her youtube channel and um i'm trying to go more into like creating more short films and work on other people's projects as well so it was just like the proactiveness and efficiency was just not there and i was just like come on i i hear you and <laughs> to, to go into my failure i also feel like the first two recordings of episode one of this podcast was a recent failure for me as well because um i mean who knows if maybe this is a failure but i think that's okay <laughs> i i do think this is the time in my life where i'm okay with failing and that's why like i won't beat you up too hard on things that maybe you're not able to do as long as like i said before the communication is very important um because like i want you to succeed i want to succeed i hope you want me to succeed so it's like let's just communicate with each other and let each other know like i actually need to learn more about this i actually i actually have a master class subscription so i know i have a master class subscription for like a whole year that like i can definitely give you a guest pass to like okay say less yeah like <laughs> there you know it's okay to advocate for yourself and I will continue to advocate for myself. I think I need to get better at, not I think, I know I need to get better at speaking in long form and things like that, which is really difficult. And that's something you need to do as a podcaster. And just, I think we were speaking about it before. What were we talking about? Like tone, like vocal Yeah, because like we would talk and then it would go. And that's how I speak. Like ever since, ever since i've been alive my family always told me that i'm like like a almost like a stereo system just that like going down the, that like the volume goes up and then it goes down like according to my mood literally from sentence to sentence 
I just change the way I speak, my volume, my accent changes from conversation to conversation, from day to day. Um, but I think it's a reflection of just how I think also. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all over the place. Same. So yeah, to add, that that was my failure. I would say the first two times we attempted to record episode one, just it falling through and it not coming out correctly, me not feeling like I was great when it came to my hosting abilities. And something that I learned from that experience is to just be, to, something that I learned from that experience is to give myself grace. And honestly, it just made me feel like now that I've failed a couple times, I'm honestly ready to keep failing. To be honest, like I just feel comfortable with the fact that this is like, this is what it, this is actually what it takes to move yourself to the next level in life. Like you got a mistake, you have to make mistakes, you have to flop, you have to keep going. You can't be like so sensitive and like beat yourself up. Like oh my gosh, I messed up again for a third time. I'm just done. I'm not gonna try again. Cause how does that help anyone? Right. Then you're just like. Five years later, I'm still living with my mom. I'm still at home. And it's like, because I didn't want to try a fourth time. Yeah. Like, what's wrong about trying a fourth time, a fifth time? Like, every time that you're trying and you gain more knowledge every time. It's not like, it's not like really, it's a, it's really not a fail. Because the first time we recorded, I was like dead. No personality. I probably have like 0.5 of a personality now. The second time... It was like, okay, more personality, more energy. So that was a lesson that I learned. And, but you know, there was just some editing issues, some audio issues, but now I know to be cautious of that for next time. Mm -hmm. So it's like every L is a lesson or I don't know, something corny. Is that what people say? I, I don't know. I've never heard that, but that's, that's a quote there's of a the lesson, day. There's a lesson in every L. I don't know. You can't spell lesson without L. You can't spell lesson without L. <laughs> without an L. You can't spell lesson without an L. Yes. That's that's gonna be my two L's flip flipped up makes a W. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now we w thank you for listening to our failures, guys. I also let me. This might be a good time to plug our Instagram um, mm -hmm. at Bronx Girl at Heart Podcast. I believe it is. Mm -hmm. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. Yes. At Bronx. Don't be unsure. Say that again. <laughs> Our, say it again. Yeah, yeah. Our Instagram is at Bronx Girl at Heart Podcast. And if anything that we shared, it like feels like you feel like it connects with you or you feel like you relate to the topics that we touched on today or you'd like to hear more of certain topics for future episodes, feel free to add us, you know, DM us and let us know how you feel, what you'd like to hear more about. And also, we're always looking for guests. So if you are a young professional, specifically, maybe closely in in the media space or not in the media space, feel like you have a story to tell about your young 20s and lessons that you've learned, please DM us and, you know, we can chat and we'd love to have more people on. This is a... Going forward, this is a segment that I like to continue in every one of our podcasts, and this is one of harsh truths. So essentially, it's that we identify a harsh truth that we've learned from our conversation, and hopefully just letting the audience know um, 
just giving them the heads up on something that maybe they haven't encountered before and yeah just letting them know what it is so I guess I'll start a harsh truth for me that I've learned is that you you're never gonna be perfect so why try that's a good one you're literally never gonna be perfect so might as well have fun not being perfect and enjoy life and honestly anyone that's ever been perfect or made to look like cookie cutter like those young childhood stars they end up overdosing sorry trigger warning whoa <laughs> trigger warning okay they end up doing something that's like crazy or like you really zoom in on their life and they have like i don't know people in their basement like they got some wild stuff going on sorry i got really dark there but i'm just saying like the people that look perfect are always farthest from perfect so why even try to be perfect like just live in your truth and people are gonna judge anyways so just be yourself and have fun while you're doing it What's your hard truth, Ella? My hard truth is that I'm a munch. Huh? Yo, what? <laughs> say, say that louder. That just threw me <laughs> off. I'm sorry. No, nah, like, my bad. My bad. My bad. No, say it again. No, no, no. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no, no. My hard one? truth is... Yo, that's wild. I mean, you know. No, 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 no. My heart truth. Harsh truth. Harsh truth. My harsh truth. I think, damn, I don't know. My my harsh truth is that, like, I'm lacking, but I'm not slacking. <laughs> Bar. <laughs> Bar. I mean, I have to. I have to use this English degree for something. You know what I mean? They taught you in your college English courses. Your college English courses. They taught you. Yeah, we had slacking, um. But you're not slacking. I mean, you know, like not that, but you know, we had to, you know, read different texts, and they be had. We had. I had a poetry class, you know, and. So what for the listeners to get something? <laughs> For the listeners to be able to digest something from that harsh truth of you're lacking but not slacking, what does that mean? I feel like let's it, clean this up a little bit. I feel bit. like it, it is what it is. Like I'm lacking but I'm not slacking. Like there's some things I don't have, there's some resources that I not I don't have access to, but that don't mean that I'm not that I'm not slacking, that I'm not working hard to get what I need to get. So I'm lacking, but I'm not slacking. Wait, you meant it literally. I thought lacking, like, you're lacking as, like, a person. But you mean, like, you're lacking certain resources. I mean, lacking could be <laughs> multiple things. Like, lacking mean, like... Not saying that you're lacking as a person, but I misinterpreted. I mean, lacking as a person, I mean, it's, you know, it's poetry. So it's supposed to have multiple interpretations. I mean, lacking could be, like, you know, you lacking or, like, you, you don't you don't have the tooling on you or something like that. But, like, lacking has multiple reasons. I'm lacking, but I'm not slacking. The tooling. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope our listeners <laughs> out there were able to, you know, digest something from both of our harsh truths that we've shared. Mm -hmm. And we've also we would also love to hear more of your harsh truths as well. So feel free to DM. DM oh my them. God! You ever seen like the HBCU confessions? And they'd be like, I mean, that's not a harsh truth, but it's like they be. I don't know. <laughs> they, a harsh truth. They, yeah, I mean, share your wild, crazy, toxic stories too. Also, we might. They they go in. They be like, Yeah. I I fucked my professor or something Whoa. like that. 
we might be able to start off future episodes with just like wild shit that you guys say so like Mm -hmm. dm us and tell us crazy stuff i love i feel like i'm a very like I mentioned this before. I'm a very, like, to myself. I, I didn't have sex with my professor. I just want to, like, I don't know if that was, like, a sound bad. I just want to insert that. Well, why didn't you? No. We, we need what? <laughs> I know. Like, no. You know, maybe for future episodes, you guys can share crazy things that you guys went through. Or, you know, just share, like, a harsh truth that you've had to learn. And tie it with a recent story of, like, a failure and we will definitely share it in the next episode or future episodes if it's wild enough. So, you know, really get in there with the stories. <laughs> or honestly, it could be sweet. It doesn't have to be wild. It could just be sometimes harsh truths come from, like, very sweet, simple moments. So we'd like to hear it all. Thanks. Now, oh, my gosh. Is this us coming to the end of episode one? Yeah. This is crazy. Episode one for the third try. Third time's a charm. Yeah. Ah. Third time's a charm. And you know, three is my favorite number. Oh, you was born on the third, right? I was born on the third, March 3rd. Oh, this is crazy. This is a lot of information <laughs> for me to be putting oh, out yeah. there. But I was also born at a time that has three in it. I'm going to just say at 3 a.m. Oh, wow. 3.23 to be exact. Okay. Like, I should play, like, something with three in the lotto, right? Yeah. I think... Well, we have a, I have a, we have a friend who was also born on her birthday. She March third. Yeah. Has she played the lotto? No, she's Muslim. They don't do gambling. What? Anyways, that's for a, a next episode. No, I mean if. Anyways, I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> we will have. Her, maybe we'll have her in a future episode mm-hmm. so she could explain. I do want to end off today's episode with a song of the day or song of the pod and i would like to make it a tradition where Mm -hmm. i have guests pick the song okay and then i'll play it are you gonna we we don't have to play it now we could just well we could play it so we could be in the vibe what you mean i mean yeah you got it you got it you got it you got it okay um i feel like the perfect song for this scenario and you know, she had just released a music video yesterday. She looked amazing. But there is a song. Are you a munch for this person? I mean, of course. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of people are munch for this person. Wait, it's ooh. it's SZA, of course. Oh, did you see her with that rope around yeah, her, looking like a like a? I don't even know what she looked crazy. Like. <laughs> like she looked amazing. I was like, we don't got to get into that. I mean, you know, we munch, love we love that's munch activity, right? We there. love thick SZA. Um. But the song in her first album, 20-something, is like... 20-something. Yeah, I feel like that's like a befitting song. Right. Like, and She's like, honesty hurts when you're getting older. And I'm like, yeah, it does. Because you got to be honest with yourself. It does. If you a munch, you a munch. I'm going to stop saying that word. I feel I like you should take drugs. talking about being a munch. No, 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 no. I mean, like, no, obviously not. She's she's expressed her insecurity in her 20-something. I was being... I was Maybe trying she's to, talking about being a munch. While she's not talking about being a munch at, at all. Like, the whole song's about being a munch. She's just... I'm just giving an example. Like, be as honest as possible. If you lacking, you lacking. All right. Well, this is very fitting. And thank you guys for staying throughout the entirety of the podcast. We love you guys very much. And see you at the next episode. Bye. Follow us on Instagram at Bronx Girl at Heart Podcast. Mm-hmm.